how dumb for having listened to it. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me for the first time in 2020 is Mr. Scott McNeese. Hello everyone, it's finally got to February 2020. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is back. We're back. Uh, excited, we're going to have a, a fairly good optimistic show talking about the Essendon Football Club. Yep, we've all been utterly bored to snores with the tennis uh, over the period of time. Uh, the cricket, uh, yeah, yay, cricket. And then it's now... After the tennis, we can all start to concentrate on the summer months and watching the Bombers train. Exactly. So, how was your break anyway? You, you've been... Mate. Uh, you've, you've had the uh, not-so-great I have. Uh, I've had, as Her Madge herself has said, an Anis Horribilis. Um, not so much an Anis Horribilis, but a nine-week Anis Horribilis. Um, look, I, I won't like to sort of talk myself up too much, but I almost died. No, I didn't almost die. What I did is that I had, um, halfway through November, just medical issues like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Um, I've had kidney stones, two on the left, I've got two on the right, and I've had, what is it, four operations in nine weeks. Uh, four general anesthetics in nine weeks. And the first one was an emergency one because I felt like somebody was trying to um, alien style exit my body through my kidney um but it turned out to be a massive kidney stone now um i don't like to uh to talk down uh or sort of lessen the extent of childbirth but i am assured by a lot of uh, medical staff be careful here i, I know right <laughs> i am assured uh by medical staff left and right including my uh my lovely auntie kate that um Passing a kidney stone or having a kidney stone block. Again, close your ears, young listeners. Your urinary tract. Um, your urinary tract is akin to giving birth. And if that's the case, I gave birth to a 300-pound gorilla. So over the over the Chrissy period, I've not really had an awesome Christmas break. Um, I've been in and out of hospitals. I literally am going for another operation on Wednesday to get rid of the last enormous stone in my right kidney. Um, so mine was medical, uh, in hospitals and working. How was yours, Scotty? <laughs> well, I heard, should I say? Did you have any medical issues? <laughs> well, look, it, we had we had a trip to Hawaii with the kids. Yeah. So I so say no that, kidney stones there. No. So no. I say that looking at you with utter yeah. guilt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we know we had a ball. We moved into our new house and we've built our new podcast studio. Hey, yes, we're currently sitting. Scotty and I, if you if you don't know, have have been poor. We we, we remain poor. <laughs> when, when, you, when it comes to podcast equipment, yeah. When did you uh, win outside? No, no, no. We with regards to the podcast equipment. When we when we say uh, guys and girls on the Patreon that we really appreciate um, your support of us because it's allowed us to buy some pa- uh, some podcast gear. We're not joking. For the last two years, Scotty and I have been huddled around one microphone. Like, I've been way too close to Scott, and he's been way too close to me, and we've uh, we've passed any germs that we've had back to each other across one microphone. Now, thank you very much to all of our Patreons and everybody that supported the podcast. We have two microphones set up on a dedicated desk in Scotty's new house, the new front room studios of the Lunchtime yeah, Catch-Up basically, Podcast. We've basically got a room now dedicated to the podcast. It is. We're sitting far room. apart, just looking at each other casually as we've got mics That's it. extended out. Just a, just a, a, a drink by our sides on this beautiful tailor-made desk with some microphones. So... The, the new podcast and uh, sorry the new podcast studios are been awesome and the new mics again we can't thank the patreon guys and girls enough this is absolutely brilliant here here so yeah my break was great new house uh, I I actually had a chance to catch up with the see the bombers train so I thought what we might do is I we're just gonna do we're gonna do an introduction just now and then go into after the break how I think Essendon could be shaping up for 2020. Nice. So look, let's, let's go to a break and we'll take it from there. 
Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, your first one for 2020. Uh, look, before we talk Essendon, I forgot to mention uh, this year the podcast may have a few changes. A couple, uh, couple of little one, yes. <laughs> team changes. A, a team change, yes. Team, team change. So, Grant, can you tell the listeners sort of about what's going on in your life this year? Yes, well, um, one of the reasons why I have had all of these operations in such a short period of time is because... A, they popped up and needed to be addressed, but they could have been addressed along a much longer timeline. However, um, for those that are uh, long-time listeners to the podcast, you probably remember that I said that I'm going to be taking a bit of a break um, from life, pretty much, in 2020. And I'm going to go on the 26th of February. I'm going to be flying to the United States of wide America to do a dirty great big hike. Um, now this hike, <laughs> this hike generally takes between five and six months. You heard that right, five and six months. And yes, you do have a visa. And yes, I do have a visa. I have everything I need to. I have all of the good things that I need. Um, and it's called the Appalachian Trail. So God bless my um, sainted wife. She has given me six months uh, off from my life. Um, to go and do this hike. Um, four years ago, I went on a couple of camping trips with a mate and just found it to be the most relaxing thing I'll ever do. Um, so I've been saving and waiting and waiting and waiting. Four years later, I've actually got enough money and everything to be able to go on this hike. So February 26, I will be flying to the United States. I'll be starting in the uh, great state of Georgia in the south. And I will be walking north uh, all the way to Maine. <laughs> Pretty in much north. close to Canada. The bordering state to Canada, indeed. So um, I won't be here. Hope Well, I don't I mean to say this. That sounds a bit nasty when I say this. But hopefully, I won't be here for the entire football season this year. Um, now, not hopefully. I don't want to do that because it's a bit sad because I'm really enjoying this. Um, but ultimately, what would be brilliant is... February 26th, I start the hike on March the 1st. I hope to be sat back here in the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Studios for Grand Final Day. I should be back in the country with enough time to film a podcast for the Grand Final. So what we're going to do is, I won't be completely lost to the podcast. Scotty and I will be talking, obviously, throughout the, the hike. The other likelihood, too, is that if I throw a hip... Uh, or do a hammy or pull a heartstring or something like that a month into the uh, the hike and just completely ruin my old body. I could be on the next flight home anyway. Yeah, it's important to note what percentage actually fulfill this Yeah, hike. so about <laughs> two and a half to 2,700 people sort of register, and it's more than that. It's close. They reckon it's over 3,000 people um, attempt the hike every year, the Georgia to Maine hike. <laughs> And again, depressingly for myself, less than 20% of the people that register in Jordan, uh, Jordan, in Georgia, uh, actually then tick the box when they get to Maine. So less than 20% of the people do it. And I'm a well and truly overweight 45-year-old ex-footballer <laughs> slash cricketer who realizes that the likelihood of me doing it of that 20% is about 4%. So I am aware that I could be back at any time during the year, but... Um, you will be in absolutely be in safe hands with the dulcet tones of one S McNeese. Um, he's going to have some special guests. I'll I'll be popping in from a mountain somewhere in uh, in Tennessee or North Carolina, or halfway across a field in Virginia, um, and popping in. And you bet your sweet bippy, I will be uh, checking the scores for the bombers and uh, providing my two cents. So let's move on. But uh, yeah, that that'll be me. Hopefully. Uh, the podcast goes really well this year, and you know, you know what will happen, right? You know what will happen. The Bombers will have just an incredible year. It'll probably be six and zero out of out of nowhere. We'll be six and zero. I'll be halfway up a mountain, just regretting every decision I've ever made. And the Bombers will go in and make finals, and I'll have to leave early and come home and not complete the hike. Um, but hopefully that happens. To be quite honest. Well, let's talk about the Bombers anyway. Um, yes, uh, I had the the fortunate. Uh, time to see the Bombers train, uh, probably, oh, it was about eight or nine days ago. Um, yeah, must, I lost my invitation for that, must have <laughs> not arrived or something, yep, yep. Or else you pulled out the last minute. Ah, uh, yeah, that would be it too. So, yeah, so I was, I was able to see sort of how the guys are tracking and obviously I've, 
I've got really good people who go to see training who I kind of ask regularly how how their thing's looking I, and I trust their opinion. Uh, Knackers on Bomber Blitz is obviously a... Uh, it's a is, great name. Is a, is a great input for, for most fans on how the training's going. So well done, Knackers. Got, got, a, <laughs> Knackers. got a chance to catch up with him. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Come on, here, Knackers. Um, look, from, from first appearance... Uh, now, just before you say, yeah. do you remember when, like, if you listen to the Bomber website every single year, we are flying. We are flying, yes. We are absolutely flying, and we're a finals contender, and look out, whole of the association. Can we be faithful to the fans and just say, look, Darcy Parrish looks like he was flying, but I'm still worried about this or that or this or that. Let's be realistic. I think the realistic point is is we won't know until they until they start flying. Yeah. You, you, it's very easy to fly when no one's defending you yeah. uh, and, and it's all offense kind of training. So, uh, you know, drills are drills, you know. If you should be able to hit passes. Yeah, you, you know because you know where the player's <laughs> going to be, right? Yeah. So, so I... I'm definitely um, not going to go over the top on, you know. Uh, I just look for attitude. So, I obviously, I go see training every year. And, and uh, look, uh, the first name I'll bring up is Aaron Francis, right? So, he clearly, for me, and I'm very blunt and honest, right? First yeah. two or three years. For more than just football reasons, you could see he was not a person that really um, embraced training. Mm. Um, he... He was always a, a guy that kind of did what he could and um, and kind of left it at that. So I was kind of interested to be here because uh, I had reports that Francis was really training strongly and his mindset was really good. So I thought, right, I'm going to keep an eye on him. And look, as far as an attitude, he was, re- he was so Vocal. impressive. Vocal, just really commanding, like powerful. Um, did everything at a, like an elite kind of level. Was he down back, forward kind of drills? Uh, he was probably playing the sweeping half back kind of drill, okay. right? So the old Sean Wellman, you know. Yeah, kind the of, Brendan Goddard. Which is obviously, of... he could read the play very well. But there was just something about him. Like they, they quickly had to do a 2K time trial. And he's at the front pack. And I'm like, and he's really grinting, um, gritting and... Uh, is that the word? Grunting? Grunting. Grunting. You show yeah. good grit. Great show good grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a grunt and grit somewhere. Gritting, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like he was, he was really putting in, and it happened the whole session, uh, and it was like a, a a light went off on him, and and he was enjoying his footy, and he wanted to make this year count. Yeah. So he was definitely one. I went okay, you know, as much as I have had my big statements that this kid's going to be sensational. I've always yeah. I've had to temper them because I just felt like his, his mindset wasn't aligned with his gifts. Yeah. Of, and that's that can happen to a professional athlete. And yeah, lo- especially and when he was things missing. Out, things out of, outside of life yeah, happens. Missing and, home yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but that seems to be well and truly passed. So... And the second person, I wanted to bring out a couple of people, the second person who is a, close to a star already, but I just thought looked unbelievable was Waller. Uh, and so much so mm. that I thought, I mean, I've watched him train a lot, but there was just something different about what I saw. Where Extra I, speed? Where, Has he lost a couple of kegs? Or? Yeah, it definitely felt like he, he... I mean, I don't know if you saw clips of him on Instagram. He was doing like... He went to Dubai and he was doing sand dunes, walking. The, <laughs> it was like okay. little Gallipoli stuff. He's doing yeah. sprints on sand dunes, and um, he, he's come back very, very fit. And he was just unstoppable. But, but even on the defensive side, he was just chasing people. Anyone who had the ball was getting mauled. Yeah, by he was him. in trouble. And it was um, so much so that I was just like, oh, okay. Um, he might go to another level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there were the kind of the couple that stood out for me. Uh, Stringer looked really, really strong. There's no doubt. The reports. The I think he's he's pumping himself up, but he reckons he's running on top of the on top of the ground. Yeah, well, he, I do know he beat his personal best in the 2K time trial by more than 20 seconds. So he Damn. that's a that's at Not least bad for an old boy. Yeah, that's that's at least a a, a big level of fitness gone up. Um, and even yesterday, uh, the the guys played a bit of a surprise 8 a.m. game. 
match practice game just before yeah, the before family the cameras game. and everybody got there. Yeah, and 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 the people who did get to see it um, noticed uh, Stringer was in the midfield in that in that last term and just okay and, and completely just bulldozed anyone yeah. out of the way. Uh, so it's an interesting one because I, I found Stringer's comments really interesting because it sounded like they were heavily working on his Ford craft. And it sounds like, to me, Carousella has identified that the ball movement going to the forward line. Surprise, Which is, surprise. hello, yeah. Um, and the way the forwards are reading the mids uh, were totally off, right? So they, <laughs> they were doing drills. And, we could see that, And yeah. it sounds like with Stringer and a few of the other forwards that they were almost going, <gasps> going back to basic is about how to get five-meter space, me. how to... Instead of just contested marking bombing, how to get yeah. that five ten meter space? Yes. As other twos, how to how to how to actually doing drills from the midfield to the forward line, and and I mean one guy um, uh, who reported on the training it might have been Knackers actually, but who uh, actually noted that the coach saying oh, this may get repetitive and boring. I know we're doing it over and over and over again, but we've got to get it right. It's really important. Mm. Um, so that, that sounds to me like. Um, they're doing really heavy emphasis on ball use. Uh, and another thing that I'm just noticing too, they're doing a lot of theory. Like they're doing, uh, one of the players mentioned um, that they're doing a lot of actual like, not like exams, but they're doing like a classwork on, a class- the, ga- on the game plan. They, they want them to actually study it, understand it. And well, you, you look at international sport. They have playbooks and stuff that you have to learn, like in NFL yeah. and that sort of stuff. They yeah, give you learn like two thousand plays. You can learn yeah. heaps and heaps of plays. So, I mean, I don't mind if, if okay, fine. The the way you learn it best is, is getting it out of the middle and then getting hit lace up on a on a on a field somewhere. That's great. But if you can then learn a little bit extra because you're reading a book, then mate, I'm all for that. Hey, yeah. one one question on a player that I wanted to um ask you about. It's been really uh, obvious that we let um, the brown dog go, Brownie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we let Mum Hartley go as well. Mm-hmm. So our two tall defenders each slash end. yeah backup each end, kind of each end, yeah backup talls, right? We've let both of them go. Now I would have kept Brown. Absolutely would have kept Brown. Hartley, I would have kept Hartley too, to be quite frank. Um, but one player that I think now has to like has to play and will be playing and has to perform is Maggie Thatcher. Now, did you see him playing? Did you sort of Yeah, look how's he going? Um Callum Toomey wrote a really good article on Zirk Thatcher, um, talking about how the club rate him extremely high. Okay. And they want him to start getting more regular senior games. Good. In the back line. It's funny though, because it's still like whose spot does he take? Because oh, injury. Yeah, it'll be injury. Like if because, Hooker's, if Hooker's yeah. back is no good or Gleeson. Yeah, well, he's got or... to beat. He's got to beat Hurley, Gleeson, Redmond, Francis, um, Francis. Yeah, you know it's yeah, and I appreciate it. when yeah. it, dude when Ambrose Ambrose. Yeah, just look, forget about little Ambrose. Yeah, yeah, um, mate. When our backline is all fit, yeah, on and on, it's an incredible backline, man. Like, he kept uh, clubs uh, to sixty nine points last year. Like it was great. But do you Hooker's con- back. Do you consider Hooker actually going to defence this year with his back yes. issue? So I, I don't. I I think he's I think I think you in light of Unless, the in, in light of the injuries we have, I think he makes a a good forward com- that goes well with maybe McKernan. Yeah, but see no I, I disagree. Um McKernan is the, the mobile tool down there. Yeah. To take the marks. He's the guy with the hands. that They, they need somebody to take marks down there, right? So McKernan's that guy. Then you've got... Um, Stringer. You've got Stringer. Then you've got Orazio. Then you've got Waller. And you've got Jimmy Stewart. Right? At centre-half forward. Oh, so I, I'm, I'm probably not having Danaher. Jimmy Stewart in... I, I guess Jimmy Stewart, I'm not relying yet on his body getting okay. right. So I, I put, if, I, That's in my mind. That's okay, cool. So if Jimmy Stewart doesn't play, then sure, you need another tool that's to That's what take I'm kind up. of thinking. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So then Hooksy can go down there. That's why I wanted to ask about Zerk Thatcher because if if Hooker, if his back's dodge, permanently dodge for the rest of his career and he can't get mauled by forwards and he can't perform down there all the time, then I appreciate Chuck and Zerk Thatcher in the role, mm. moving Hurley onto the monster... 
whoever monster forward they've got down there, and putting Zerk Thatcher on the mobile forward guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, if that's what's going to happen, then I'm all for it. Let Zerk Thatcher play round one and have Hooker down the forward line, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit the same. I, I... But again, Hooker is a defender, man. He's a defender every day of the week. He is a pinch hitting forward. He's just a pinch hitter. I know, but I, I'm more just saying it just for like first ten rounds. If we if we don't have Stewart or Danaher, Stewart or Danaher, then yes, that's what I'm more saying. Yeah, like, fine. Initially, yeah. I think we need. I mean, he's kicked forty goals in a year, so it's not like he's he's going to bring Fantasia and Waller into the play at least. Because agree, yeah, you need. To there's talk. no doubt defenses really are concerned about him because he's such a good mark, contested yeah. mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you play him deep, you, you do. And then He's this a is the big, thing: is that big boy. If you play him deep, and then yeah, and Arazio and Waller, and they're all around his feet, and that's great. <laughs> Again, it comes down to how the ball's dropped in there. Exactly. And yeah. it, it's this is the thing: like with Joey D, you've got a once in a generation forward man. You've got Hooksy who can take a mark. You've got all these guys. If if we can hit, if Blake Carousella can perform a miracle at that club, and get us hitting guys on a lead. With some time <laughs> on a lead, man, we've yeah. got great forwards. Great forwards, you can kick goals too. Like who can kick from set shots? So I'm all for it. I just I'm very interested to see how um uh, good old Maggie Thatcher goes this year because he's performed in the twos. We've been to a few twos games and watched. Yeah, him. he's a great. Player. He throws himself uh, throws himself at the at the packs. So I'd, I'd be all for him. But that's that. In some ways, when you talk about him and Ridley, right? That's your answer. That's why, the other one. That's, that's your answer. Why Hartley? Yes, is, I think they want Ridley in the in the yeah. side as well. I mean, I think they wanted to keep Hartley, but Hawthorne said, "Let's we'll give you a couple of years." Right? Yeah, so that, he's just had a baby. And, yeah, that's perfectly understandable, right? Perfectly, I, and I we, we couldn't offer him three him years. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't offer him three years. But mate, I, I'm all for Ridley. Man, there's a there's a um, player there. There is an absolute player there. There's a player there, and I, I was really hoping he was going to come out last year, but he just. They didn't play him too often. No, but even in like even in the VFL, he just didn't. Yeah, true. He didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't push down the door. Like, yeah, yeah. And, that's and you true. want you want your players to push down the door. And yeah, uh, he he's a better player than he produced. So I'm hoping this is his year where, because he's such a gifted kick of the football. Yeah. And, and something that you Good know, you know, making. I talk to you a lot about is decision yeah. making and kicking. Yeah. And how I want more of those guys in the side. Yep. As long as they can compete hard, and that's that's they're just my teasers and like. Half the time, that's why I always push sometimes, sometimes for Waller to play more midfield time. But it's just because he thinks through the game yeah. so well. He's got the time and the ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Say, that's half my, you know. And I reckon that's why they want Jake in the middle too. Because yeah. he's when he bursts through a pack, he's got a meter or two. And he's got a good head on his shoulders to make a good decision with what to do with the ball next. Whether or not that's hit Joey Lace out, great. Or make a good decision outside of a pack now there's one um, one other kid I wanted to ask you about one of the draft picks I like him I think he's a smoky Ned I can't is Ned it Cahill? Ned Cahill okay that's him right the little midgety blonde dude <laughs> now formerly known as the, the formerly known as he's, he, he could be my man I might be claiming him yeah look I wouldn't expect too many games okay reality is if unless there's injuries because okay the small forward situation at Essendon... We're pretty good. Is, uh, you know, <laughs> We're pretty good. Because you know Devin Smith's rotating from the midfield down yep. to small forward. And so. you've got Beggs down there, maybe. Uh, you've got, yeah, you've yeah, got a good number of people. You've got some seriously good talent. Um, yeah. So he's got... But yes, from all signs, from training at least... I like him. He has a bit of... Uh, I'm not afraid of anyone. Kind yeah, of it's got, and he's got that quickness, yeah. that left-right movement. Like a lot of... A good sideways step kind of movement on him. I, I like yeah. the. I think it's. I hate to say this, but I think it's probably because I watched Hawthorne in the in the eighties. There's something good about a blonde haired little kid running around in the forward pocket kicking goals. It looks good. I like. I like I, the look of him. I had a friend say uh, yesterday, by the way, um, that he watched McQuillan, the Irish guy. He's My at, next question, and he yeah. and um, he said. This is his personal thought. He said, just on visual, he looked like he's the fastest player at the club. 
Wow. So that would be an interesting one. Um, and I watched McBride a few times, right? Yeah, yeah. And and they're obviously developing him how to kick a football. It's funny when you start from scratch, but sometimes the, that's why the Irish guys kick well because their technique is... Yeah, they've got no predetermined. Like their yeah. dad hasn't shown them. Got no... Oh, this is how you do it, son. They're being shown by a professional. Yeah. And gee, he's a real athlete. Like I would look at him, looked at McBride and just the size of him. And, you know, he's pushing Ambrose in the time... 2K time trial. Wow. So him, it's between him and Ambrose. And Ambrose is elite fit. Elite He's supposed to be elite fit. So, so if this kid, what is he, 298 centimeters? Yeah, that's like 6'2", six 6'3". Six uh, he's definitely one to watch. Now, he's going to have a development year. Oh, so Connor, just think Connor. Please understand when I think say Connor. that. Genuine, I'll go to VFL and see him develop. It's actually like Connor McKenna. At it's like I said. Yeah. Think about Connor. Connor. Connor made some of the worst decisions I've ever seen. <laughs> his first year, yeah. You, it's a, but, Real bad. But we're not laughing in his fourth and fifth year. Hell no. no we're no, not no, laughing no. anymore. No like, way. Now he's a genuine. And the, the good thing about Connor is that when he arrived, he had no... Irish mates to sit there and have a chat with about what to do in this situation know, or what must, to do in that situation. You must feel so much oh, yeah. not at home, but just no, but just someone to bounce stuff Gaelic off. Gaelic like, footballer guys, yeah, yeah, just something about actual yeah. the sport you played at the same level. Yeah, and weirdly over. for Connor now, those boys would be looking to him as like a bit of a veteran. Yeah, like what, when we go down to the forward line like that, I'd normally it probably go only out matures wide. him more because he's got to yeah. now be a, a mentor. Yeah, like you'd be saying to Connor, we'd normally go out wide or something and then do a big sweeping kick in, but we're not supposed to do that. And Connor would yeah. say, no, 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 mate, you want to square up, you want to look in the middle, you want to do this, you want to do that. So that was going to be my other question on the on the Irish boys. Um, there's something there. There's you, something can, there. you can see why they've picked them. Yeah, clearly. Like, I mean, I think mm. um, I think both of them are going to be... Projects, but big time exciting projects. projects. But, and I think, too, that I think we've picked really well because... There's a lot of Irish blokes in the system. Like I, you don't hear yeah. that Melbourne picked up one and Carlton's got two in their list. No, we and... seem to attract the best ones. Yeah, but then you hear like oh, McQuillan no, was really sought after. He was. Carl- he was. You know, Carlton and I'm trying to think who else won. It might have been Richmond or someone else. But um, yeah, but we're the ones who got him. But Connor walked up, said "Fiddle dee potatoes," and he came over to us. So he really did too. He, just... he probably. Oh mate, if we didn't leverage Connor <laughs> when he went home to have a chat to those boys, come on now. So, uh, but no, so that's really good. Okay, so we've got the Irish boys looking good. Um, and um, what about the enormous bean pole that is our uh, our first round pick, our highest first round pick? Oh, the uh, the new Ruckman. Yeah. Um, his name's going to come to me soon. So I know, this is off the top of our head, people, here. <laughs> Look. First podcast. I think there's something really exciting there. Uh, big he, boy. He's a big, Tall big boy. boy. Yeah. No doubt he needs some Krispy Kremes. There's just, there's just no... <laughs> Krispy Kremes and a good roast dinner, mate. He needs two dozen roast dinners but injected into his if body. If you're talking football ability and, and a player... I mean, Ruckman's... You, you recruit a Ruckman 18 years old, you're not considering him to 22, 23. I was going to say 20, 25, yeah. That's the whole idea. It's, yep. it's just you recruit him young, you develop him four or five years, and yep. then their body... You, you wait, yeah, I was going to say, you wait for the inevitable period of but of injury, and you get past it's the a, injury. I think it's and, a really good pick. Uh, from yep. what you saw, good hands, um, definitely knows the tap Ruck business. Yep. Uh, so there's definitely enough there... Uh, our ruck stocks are quite healthy at the moment. Yeah, oh man. Because Draper's coming back, and I rate Draper really high. Um, and getting, um, obviously, Bell Chambers back, uh, getting the Francis lookalike Ruckman. What's his name from Carlton? Uh, uh, Phillips. Yeah, Phillips. Phillips had a big unit too. I follow him on Instagram as yeah. well. He's a, he's big a, arrangement. He's a talented boy. So. Yeah. So what we might do, we might go for a quick break, and we'll part come one. back. Yes. Yep, and come back for, uh, for part two with some more questions. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, Scotty, yes, the big question, the the one that everybody wants to know about, um, is the six foot seven um, full forward with the last name, Joey D. What is what is the latest? Do we have any latest? Is there <laughs> anything we can tell there, the fans look, that want to know? The reality is they're very quiet on Joe. Uh, it was interesting, Tim Watson, even just saying that. 
you know, give us some more information, please. Yes, because um, he's been in. He's been for the Irish treatment, so yeah. to speak. So he's back now from his Irish treatment, and it was interesting hearing hearing from the doctor in Ireland. He was on the radio, just talking about the process. He couldn't give too much details because yeah, of confidentiality yeah, and all sure. that sort of stuff. But he, he, it was interesting that he said that on his program, uh, on an, on an average, it can definitely go up or down. On an average, players come back in about nine yeah. weeks. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, he sounded like a, a fairly confident in his ability kind of doctor. So I never got the impression that it was doomsday. I think he, he's very well regarded. Like he's yeah. got some new treatment. And I remember listening to part of that interview when he was saying he, he targets very specific parts of the muscle involved. Like he he doesn't do the standard, oh, you've got to rehab the whole leg and you've got to... Re-. He... He concentrates on specific areas that I call either causing the issue yeah. or the supporting muscles around the area that is that is causing the issue. So, like I, I about nine weeks ago, just when I think God tried to kill me, um, I had a bit of a knee issue as well. So I went to the knee doctor and had a look, uh, and he said, "Look, Grant, you can you need to do exercises. You got a bit of a meniscus issue. You can't strengthen the meniscus, so you got to strengthen the muscles around the meniscus." Yeah, and that's what the doctor was saying about Joey. He said, "There's some treatment you can do directly to the issue, like the the muscle group that is causing yeah. the issue." But he said, "With Joey, they've got to strengthen the muscles around that muscle so that they take more of the load, so that he doesn't." have to concentrate well, so I know on. I know myself and not I've never told this to any of our audience and you would know this but, I do yeah. um I I, um, I don't have like a left kneecap a patella's gone uh, yeah. a guy had an epileptic fit and hit me head on with his car uh, not his fault no one's fault just yeah. uh, just bad luck um but yeah my knee smashed and my right hip smashed now my right hip healed up as well as it could but my I lost my patella but and so, yeah, I was on basically like a 12-week program to have to strength. They said, we're not going to try and replace it um, because your bones that are joining in between your tail are actually quite big. Hmm. So if we can strengthen the muscles and everything around it, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You, it's meticulous kind of exercise and pool work and, yep. and gym. and But, um, yeah, so I kind of get it. It sounds like he has some sort of 3D program that can identify exactly the unique problems yeah. for each person. and that's the thing. He can really pinpoint the real, like the actual yeah. area that it's causing. And then he said it's depending on whether or not that area, we concentrate the rehab and the recovery and that sort of stuff directly on the area of issue or we give that a light rehab and we concentrate on the muscles around it to take stress off it so yep. one, one thing i was thinking when i saw joey d um come back from the irish treatment that sort of stuff i saw on some of the social media about people were saying oh it's nine weeks on oh, he's joey's gonna be um pissed off that it's nine weeks and he, oh it means he's gonna go to sydney now i, I disagree with the leading the leading doctor in the world who treats these sort of things said nine weeks. Now, if he was running around in heaven forbid a Sydney uniform right now, mm-hmm. he would be getting the same diagnosis from the same doctor. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if he's if he gets nine weeks in an Essendon jumper, he would have got nine weeks in a Sydney jumper, right? So I think Joey has made peace with the fact by signing with Essendon, he's made peace with the fact that he's going to be out for nine more weeks, right? And, and that's I don't know where we are in that nine week period, but I think. The, he's out for those nine weeks and there's nothing that he or any other club in the AFL could do. Now, we both know that he's probably pissed at Essendon for the fact that it may not have been treated as well as it could have been up to this date, but he has, he understands that he's nine weeks out. So Bomber fans out there, don't don't stress. The, the guy understands he's out for nine weeks and so does Essendon and we're going to rehab the kid. And then on week 10... We'll, we'll we'll invite Joey back and it'll be it'll be great. We'll have him running around in the forward line and again, just don't expect him to be kicking bags every week as soon as he gets back because he hasn't played footy for a long period of time. So, I think most fans just understand that they just want him to see him play. They just want to see him train. They want to. I, I see. I, I was maybe I concentrate too much on the negative stuff, but I've just seen a lot of lot of feedback where it's oh Essendon have ruined him again. It's nine more weeks. Listen, guys, it would have been nine weeks if he was in a Richmond jumper. It doesn't matter yeah. what what it is. It's nine weeks, right? So but He's got the best doctor in the world. So and you can't do much more than that. There's nothing you can do at the moment. Yeah. And, and nothing, no one, nothing is no one's fault at the moment. Yeah. It's just, and it's, 
it is what it is. He's had an injury plagued career at Essendon. It is what it is. And it's but, an, and it is an injury that doesn't always dictate, you know, how, when it's going to heal. That's exactly right. It's not. It's not like Essendon and the, and the doctors or Doc Reed or anybody like that has mismanaged the kid. I just think, I just think he's he's just an injury prone guy who, yeah, he's who has well, he's had. Got some a, injuries. He's got a family history. Yeah, that's the that's the other thing though. Yeah. So when you're talking, some of the other families have had the same similar issues. So, yeah. but look, mate, look, I, I again, we come back to every single year. We come back to saying Joey. We can't wait to see Joey out there. We can't wait to see Joey out there. It's really important that Joey gets out there this year, and enjoys playing football in a red and black jumper. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the year, um, we we are again going to struggle to sign that kid because um, Sydney had the opportunity to sign him and they stuffed up. They gave us a player that just wasn't even close to being in the same Actually, zip code. It's really just, yeah, they're really just bad draft picks in the end. That's just, it. It wasn't even the, the same zip code worth of talent, yeah. right? But they won't make that mistake again next year and they will throw the kitchen sink or at Joe. Un- yeah, or he's a free agent, so. Yeah, they'll, they'll throw the kitchen sink <laughs> at him, right? He, he just has to say, I'm leaving. And yeah. all, all, we, all we've got is a compensation pick. Yeah, so, so and, and this is the thing. So, but look, uh, Bomber fans, I, I can't wait to get him out there and we've got the best, pl- best doctor in the world looking at him now. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just can't wait to get him out there. On an optimistic part, and you know me, I, I've been a bit like concerned this off-season. Uh on an optimi- optimistic part, the lot of players I was concerned about to hear that they're back close to full training or are full training. Now I'm talking guys like Saharaka started full training last week. Yeah. Redmond started full training last week. Important player. Really Very important, important player. Uh, Merritt started full training just probably about 10, 14 days ago. Um, Heppel finally got the all clear from his doctor and is now working up to full fitness and is, from what I hear, probably three or four weeks away from full fitness. Good. Now, we don't play till 48 days. So our first... I, I mean, I kind of have the March series for sure, but reality, reality is in 48 days is round one. Yep. How fit can we get these guys? The one thing that I have some much more optimism is getting these guys back earlier than kind of I thought we may and having them be in full training because it's one thing too is to have you know you're going to have say there's three sessions a week in training right or two maybe two major ones you go okay well most of the group now if you've got seven weeks left have 14 to 18 or 14 to 20 sessions of working out your game plan that's how I think of it like it's not just getting fit it's actually being on the park and being able to run through what carousella truck <laughs> that's wants, the important part what wants you to do yeah. it's it's getting in sync with all the players and the game plan uh and to have these guys now available and you know i thought hooker was way off suddenly he's doing he's in the modified group um and he's doing running and you go, okay, well, this isn't no doomsday kind of scenario anymore where we're now getting actually a very healthy list all of a sudden. Yep. And they're going to have still over a month's block of work of running um, uh, match match simulation, everything like that. Which, so, which still, don't yeah, don't get it wrong, which still is not ideal, right? It's not ideal, but not it, ideal. It's, it's, not, it's not guys coming fit mid-March. Um, it, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's to have most of the group available end of Jan is still, you know, Melbourne had an injured list right up to almost the start of the season. Uh, so to get these guys back and at least have a block of the look, some guys going to come out not as sharp, but you know, I think it'll be more the second and third week where they're back to normal instead of the sixth and seventh yeah, week, if that yeah. makes sense. And I guess the other group of guys that we haven't spoken about, but is interesting for me that it's a it was a conscious decision to draft them is the Hibbards and the Townsends and those yeah, guys. Yeah, to get you felt like the club wanted what I call naturalized midfielders. Yeah. Understanding that Townsend played quite a bit of his time up forward, but as as a junior and and his own aspiration, he considered himself a midfielder yep. and, and an inside midfielder. Yep. And you can tell too at training, by the way. Is he? Yeah. He's, a, he's an absolute bull. Uh, so when there's a ball to be won, uh, he 
more often than not wins the ball. Yeah. Uh, so I, for me, without knowing any knowledge, this is just me, I have him round one straight away in that side. And this is the thing. I think because the way Townsend's performing and he's not injured and he's keen as mustard, like I think he really, he really wants, wants to, to prove himself as a midfielder. Big time, yeah. Which I like. Love that about the kid. Um, and the Hibbards, I know I think he's injured at the moment. but Yeah, um, he's going to be out for another... Was it another three or so weeks? Don't know, but, but yeah, the, the Hibbards of the worlds, and even Cutler, the the kid from Brizzy, mm. I I like the look of that kid. I really do, Cutler. He's I think there's something about him and that massive left boot of his. But even just Townsend and Hibbard when he gets right, I think they they cover because pre Christmas into November, I reckon they knew Dyson wasn't right, and I reckon they knew Zyrakis wasn't right, and Merritt wasn't right, and these sort of things, so that they knew that there was going to be a delayed start to the season for our main three of our main midfielders mm-hmm. so they went and got Hibbard they went and got Townsend and they got like, not so much Cutler but they went and got those two guys so that if Zerrett isn't 100% right or if Dyson isn't 100% right at round one you could play Townsend yeah he's a proper AFL midfielder footballer playing yeah, seniors like, walk straight into the side every confidence yeah. that he's going to do his job so, you feel like you feel more comfortable with him being a rotation midfielder like say the, the first group come off and say, you know, I'll give you an example, like the uh, Parrish, McGrath, um, Smith, and um, Townsend. Townsend, yeah. come on. You got a bit more like, okay, we're not, you know. No, I, and, and this is the thing, like, with, without a shadow of a doubt, Shield and, and Zerrett and Dyson are our, are our best midfielders, right? They're the first people that run out there. That's cool. Uh, or maybe Zerrett's in there. This is the thing. We've got yeah. a lot of names to rotate through there. But McGrath and um, and Townsend and Zarakis and those guys, when you chuck Townsend in there, it's just another great name to be able to rotate through the midfield. And yeah. if anything is clear, that the best midfields are like the Collingwoods of the world. They've got a lot of good yeah. midfielders to rotate through there. Yeah, so, the rotation is really key. Yeah. You've so got to get I, I quality, like as much quality... Um, and natural midfielders as possible, just constantly running through. And I think Townsend's really going to um, endear himself to the Bomber yeah. supporters. And then because... you've also got really, I think, in some parts you've got Stringer. Yeah. And at some point Waller, Waller maybe, um, yeah. That can help out. Yeah. Um, and then you've got sometimes up high is Sardi and Don't forget, and um, so... don't forget uh, uh, Mr. Langford. Don't forget Mr. Parrish. <laughs> Gee, Langford. I, I was thinking, do you know, when we drafted Hibbo and... and um, Townsend, I'm always going to fit his yeah. name. I, I had my heart in my mouth a bit for Langford going, gee, you've, you've really got to come on. Like, oh, he's he's got to perform every week. You've got to really... Because that's, and that's interesting we just said, the the second string guys, oh, if you chuck uh, Zyrakis and McGrath and those guys, oh, and we chuck Townsend in there. What we should have been saying technically is, oh, Langford will be really good in that second uh, group. Like, he should be the guy that we're saying yeah. is in that second group along with McGrath and Zarakis. But wow. we're kind of not. So I just think, I think Essendon are going for just bulk midfield options. We have options, man. It could be Langford, Parrish and McGrath. It could be McGrath, um, Zarakis and, and Townsend. It could be Townsend, Hibbard and McGrath. It could be Waller. It could be a number of different people in that um, in that second yeah. mix. And I like it. I like that it, it's cover for us and that we've got a bull in Townsend because we need it. We really need it. And the other name we haven't mentioned, by the way, is Smith. We haven't put him in, like, in the no, second No, just group. a handy, just just, handy Crichton medalist coming Crichton, back. Yeah, just forget about him chucking in there. So, look, it's I'll tell you what, Bombers, we've done 44 minutes, and Scott and I said, oh, let's just do like a fi- quick 15, 20 minutes. Um, but we we've still have a lot to look forward to. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if, again, go back and listen to the pre 2019 podcast and the pre 2018 podcast and we keep saying we've got great names at the club and we've drafted Sarden Smith and and Stringer and that but now it's got to come together doesn't it we've got to come together and we've got Truck Rutten coming in to take over who is quite possibly the most well regarded coach that's not an AFL head coach yet we've got one of the best midfield coaches in the comp in Blake Carousella we've got everything man like it it has to but also Bomber fans don't expect day one utter dominance because the players have got to learn another style of of midfield they've got to start another style of head coaching truck so we're gonna 
it's going to take half a season to figure it out, and it's whether or not we can get the wins early that'll let us. You know, it's funny when you look at our draw. Half. Our draws probably better in the first half of the season than the second half. Second half's a lot, hard, a lot tougher. Oh, and it was almost okay. like, that's a tough draw from where we're at. Yeah, I know, right? We're coming off injuries and, and you know... Yeah, but but if we, it's we're going to hit the ground running. Like, uh, our first two games, Fremantle and Sydney, you go, they're winnable games. Hugely. And we have to, right? We've yeah. got to bank wins at the beginning. We've got to bank wins. Like, what did we do last season? We were... Oh, we've had two poor starts. Like before. over, like we were two and six like or one something. And three and one and three, and I, it, you know, end up being yeah, not two, a lot. Two out of eight kind of yeah, thing. and it's it's not real good. So, I guess if we can yeah, if we can bank some of those early, um, it'll be great. But again, we've got a lot of injuries. We've got Joey. We've got a, I mean, out. free out home, no matter what, should be a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but mate, I I can't wait to see. We should get Jimmy Stewart back um, yeah. pretty soon. McKernan, again, I like the look of him. We've got a great settled back line if they're all um, uh, available. We've got Maggie Thatcher running through there. Maybe Ridley. The mids, we've picked up some mids. We've picked up Blake Carousella and Truck Rutten. And just quickly, I'll give you a Smokey, who's training really well. Braden Ham. Oh, I was going to say Ariel Steinberg. No, no. It's Ariel Stein... Please don't. Uh, no, Braden Ham. Braden Ham. Boys and can, that beautiful little left foot. He's a natural wingman to, and he's one to watch. Okay. So it's a hit and, and two little tidbits. Uh, Dylan Clark is another also, bloke we've just completely forgotten about. Is also having a really good Kobe much. Kobe, he should be he should be available, shouldn't he? Oh yeah, he's training. Yeah, he's really see. There's another bloke that so, you can that they rate that they rate. So um, there's some names there. Jeez, Bomber fans, when you sit there and actually listen, like listen to us talk, and you go, Smith, Kobe, Dylan Clark, Langford, Ham, yeah. Ham Townsend, Begley, all these guys that you and Begley that you go, oh man, I hope the fridge can do something. And you know who's the fittest guy at the club? Who's had the biggest off season? Ambrose, Laverde. See, Laverde, Laverde like, didn't have a break. He actually said. This is it. I'm going to... So he, he is so cut, it's not funny at the moment. He is dead set. The man has been, in a, has been an Adonis body since he arrived in the AFL. So he's he's also one of those ones that, you know... Oh, just, I hope they're the, playing forward, man. Who's had a very... For, for, you know, a rarity having an injury, injury-free pre-season. Dear, dear Truck, dear Truck, if you're listening to this, man, and I know you do, um, <laughs> if we've not yet met, um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop in and say hi at some stage. Big, big welcome to the Essendon Footy Club from the uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Dear Truck, please play Jaden Laverde as a high half forward. Please, seriously. I mean, the, the kid, you can pinch hit him through the middle. You can pinch hit, but the kid can jump out of the gym. Get him to whip his shirt off and just have a look at him and then get him to take a few marks leading outside of 50. Dear Truck, he's a high half forward. Please play him there. Well, yes. I, uh... Mate. Well, how did we do 50 minutes? At 48, 49 minutes. We literally said we'll do a quick half an hour introduction <laughs> podcast. And At yet. 49 minutes, and that's with without a single player being on television. Um, well, I think we will wrap it up there, guys and girls. Um, we've we've got a really good season to look forward to. Um, I am now seriously regretting going on this hike because I've just, I've just pumped myself up about the club. Um, and I will never forgive myself if I go away on a hike the year that we actually turn this around and I miss incredible moments in the for the club. Um, but again, we, we have to leave we have to end on a positive. We, we, we know we've got injuries, we know we've got some issues at the minute. but geez man, we've got got a lot of talent at that club and if truck and Carousella and Co and Harves and those guys can harness it, if they can harness it man, we're, we are more than half a chance. So look for our next podcast when Scotty. Uh, look, uh, I think realistically we're going to wait till we play at least our first game of the Mars series. Yeah. Or, yeah. or this podcast will just replicate. <laughs> if we did, yeah, we, we, if just... we did next week before we play, yeah. then we, we wouldn't else know what to say. No, no. Um, but let's wait till the Mars series starts. Um, it's good It's good that the club actually have organised um, some games around the Mars series themselves. So they've actually, what they've done is worked with the Melbourne Football Club uh, and so the senior guys who don't play in a Marsh series for the first game play an actual game against the players that didn't play for the Demons. And they go to Casey Field. And so, so Essendon's been very proactive this year, making sure everyone's getting games. 
So don't good, mind that. Good initiative. Uh, well done, Clark. Basically saying that yeah. nobody's they like, want they want as much as game time as yeah. possible. So, it's not a NAB series where the senior guys don't play because uh, yeah, you we don't, don't get need a week to play off. You're, You're going to play, but we want we got to see the kids play, so yeah. we're going to play them in the NAB series, and we'll play you in a practice match against Melbourne. So I like it. So, so yeah, smart way. Um, this will probably be my last podcast. Um, because no, no, you'll do one. You'll do. Well, I do one more for just at the March series. Marsh. Marsh. Oh, Marsh. It's a Marsh sponsor. Oh. So it's not the JLT anymore. It's, oh. It's the, so, okay, so cancel that. I'll be doing, so I'll we'll be probably doing a couple be doing more. one in a, in a couple of weeks or so. Roger that. Okay, so um, next one in a couple of weeks, guys. Scotty, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter on Scooter McNeese. Most people know that. You can... Our Lunchtime Pack cat, lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Facebook group. You can yes. join that. Yep. Um, you can... What else can you do? <laughs> what else can you do? Oh, um, the uh, Instagram. Yes, yeah. we're a Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast on Instagram. You can get us on all of the socials. Um, uh, I refuse to get on TikTok. If anybody says, you guys should be on TikTok, I refuse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of the podcast, I refuse. Um, so, yes, we will see you guys maybe in a week or two. Um, we'll get back once we've got some actual sweet sweet drug of AFL football um, <laughs> and we'll be able to see what the club's doing um, we'll be able to see some of these kids playing the Marsh series the Marsh as I've been told so thank you everybody for uh, listening and uh, welcome to 2020 with the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast and we'll see you guys soon thanks guys <laughs>